Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, August 2, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We're going to talk around things from a bullish perspective, a bearish perspective. We're going to discuss what the market's doing now, why, and from where. Depending on which chart you look at, the market is at a very critical place at present. Therefore, one of two things can happen. We can get a rejection from this place, and when they get to these places, it doesn't have to happen right away, but it can happen over a several day or even couple of week period of time. That's number one. Number two, they can bust through the important place and go on up north to the next important place. So we're gonna cover all this stuff, and then most importantly, we're gonna show how we make money on a regular basis using Inside the Numbers. Not only from Stocks on the Move, but we're gonna discuss in the commentary what happened with the SPY this morning, the S&P 500, a directional trade on the market from an important place. The net-net on that one, and you'll see it when you see it later, is patience pays. Circling back to the daily chart of the SPY, let's just reiterate what we have. We have the breakdown box. Okay, fair enough. The market traded up into the breakdown box. There was no surprises. We talked about that happening long before it got to the breakdown box. So they achieved the thing. We were long trading up into the breakdown box. We were long the S&P, we were long Apple, we were long Amazon. We were long the market trading up into the breakdown box. Now, what about at the breakdown box? It's decision point time. The market trades up into this spot and is now finding what's called overhead resistance around this area. Now, we know that the breakdown box goes from point A to point B. It has a lower portion, it has an upper portion, and the market can stop or at least get to any portion in that box. Getting above the box opens the door for another leg higher up into this four and a quarter zone. Now we talked about this last night, but it's worth mentioning again in case you didn't put it on a sticky note. We're gonna come back to the daily chart in a moment. Now, when you look at the weekly chart, we had the convergence of moving averages. We said it would be convenient for the market to trade up into that convergence. That's what happened. They're also into a breakdown candle high area, and I've come up with a number. Stand by. I'm going to give you the number in a moment. Start getting above the high, and specifically on a weekly close, above the high of the breakdown candle, and that high happens to be 416.61. You get above that high and close a week like a Friday close above that high. And that's the market's way of telling you that it's got another agenda. The destination is elsewhere. That would be a bullish signal. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. Let's say that did happen. We flip over to the monthly chart and say, well, where would they be going if they're going to have another leg higher? Well, maybe they want to run a test from the underside of it, the 20-month moving average. Where is it? How about right around four and a quarter? Maybe they come up to it, they spike it, 
Maybe they keep going, maybe they pull back, but at least four and a quarter happens to show up in a couple of different places. I mentioned a number a moment ago. 410.50 is the number. I believe that's essentially the pivot point for the bull case versus bear case for the next leg. Intraday, it really doesn't make any difference, but above 410.50, I think the bull case is active. Below 410.50, and I don't think it is. I think it's more important on a weekly close than a daily close. I think it's an important spot. Put it on a sticky note. Now, back to the daily chart. Now, we see what's going on. They trade up into the 100-period moving average, the breakdown box, a lot of overhead resistance here. This was the breakdown area. The market came back to double-check or check-in at the former breakdown area. Okay, fair enough. The question is, are they going to continue going sideways, which would be an indication that they're building energy for another leg higher. That would be creating a bull flag pattern and it would build the energy for the move ultimately up to around 425, maybe higher, but 425 would become the next major target. Not short-term target, not next day target, but a target worth mentioning. Now, the other side of that is they don't create energy for another leg higher. They're just hanging around this place. They're running out of steam. They're not ready yet to change direction, and therefore they can hang out for a while, but being the overhead resistance place that it is, it may be too difficult for the market to push through, and if it's not able to push through, it will begin a normal garden variety pullback operation that can certainly turn into something more, but that's where we start the concept, a normal garden variety pullback, kind of this concept here. You make a low, they rally up and pull back. They rally up and pull back. They rally up and pull back. They rally up, and whether or not we have a pullback from here or not remains a mystery, but we're looking for a pullback. Call it 403, 404, maybe down to 400 for starters. Anything more, we'll discuss it if we start closing below certain prices. We don't need to know that right now. We take the market one step at a time, one day at a time, one candlestick at a time. Looking at a 120-minute chart, and just for the purposes of getting a different look, we see that the 20-period moving average is coming up underneath current price, but there's something else that I want you to notice, and this doesn't just show up on this chart, it just is now convenient to discuss it. You have a gap here, and the gap was not filled. They missed it, turned around, and went back in the other direction. That creates, as we know, a piece of unfinished business. There's other ways they create unfinished business. This is one way, and it's unfinished. We're going to call that area 406 and a half. I'm not saying they stop there. I'm saying if they're there, it will be from an intraday perspective an important area. If they start closing below that, it opens the door for another spot. And that's where we would be looking for a spike through 404. I would put that on a sticky note because if you find the market trading lower, for example, on Wednesday, we don't know that it will, but if it does, 
you want to keep these numbers in your back pocket. If you're a member of Inside the Numbers, you'll have these numbers and more at the ready, bright and early, starting around zero dark 30. We'll do another lesson using the 240 chart. This will be interesting. You've never seen this one before. So the market runs up to this spot and pulls back. So it's a minor rejection from a short time frame perspective. However, once the market broke out above that spot, now it's considered a breakout area. So the market ultimately will like to come down and run a test of that breakout area. Two things happen at that area. A, they bounce off of it, they've run the test, and they have another leg higher or some kind of a retest of higher prices. It becomes support. You also have the 20-period moving average on this 240 chart. Oh, by the way, same general zone. However, the other side of it is if they start getting below this area, and we'll call it 400 for argument's sake, then it opens the door for more stuff on the downside. That goes into the camp of one step at a time. First, you assume that they're going to run a test of an important spot. You don't know whether they're going to bounce off of it or not. That's what trades are made of. That's what risk is made of. You're playing with the probabilities that under normal garden variety market conditions, way more often than not, they're going to have a reaction back up in the other direction from an important area like that. Can they blow through them? Sure, sometimes they do blow through them, but we go with the 80-20 rule. 80-20 rule meaning about 80% of the time, the same stuff's gonna happen over and over and over again. However, the other side of that is about 20% of the time, it's gonna be the ugly duck. The 80%, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's gonna be a duck 80% of the time. 20%, you take off the mask, it's some kind of ugly duck or other creature. Let's check out inside the numbers. There was money made inside the numbers today, inside the number members, inside the number live room members. Let's peel back the onion a little bit. Let's see exactly what happened and where. They were trading down when we woke up at zero dark 30. So we immediately look to the unfinished business from the prior day. 407.65, they never hit it yesterday. There they are in the pre-market heading in that direction. The thieves in the morning already did it. If they happen to be below, the next spot is 406.45. Below will be a real-time type of conversation. What about a rescue? After all, it's turnaround Tuesday. The gap left open from yesterday is around 410.70. Getting above opens the door for the same spike of 412. Let's work backwards. We think better in pictures. Here's a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. 412 is the line, and you can see just above that, a healthy spike of 412 was essentially the place they were headed if they got above the gap left open from yesterday. We're working backwards. Now, let's see what else we have as the day begins to get underway. We're going to use 409.15 as our early pivot. All this before the opening bell. Above the pivot, they close the gap and higher. If they're below the pivot, that's the bear case, 409.15. There it is. The opening print today, 409.12. They fall, they recapture it, close the gap, continue on to a spike of 412. Above the pivot, the bulls are in control. Below the pivot, they're not. 
still before the opening bell, below 409.15, and the door remains open for 407.65, the unfinished business. There it is, your lower line, 407.65. But wait, there's more. Let's keep it going. The gap is around 410.70, give or take. As long as they stay above the pivot, that's the target. 410 will be natural resistance. Below 409.15, the door is open for the unfinished business. Now here it begins. We don't know that they will, meaning get there, but if they do, there's a bounce back spot down there. Now I'm not saying it's exactly at 407.65. I'm saying there's a bounce back spot. So I'm kind of priming the pump. Now here it is, 938. At present, I would be looking for a buy and bounce back type of trade down around 407, give or take. Could change, but for now. 407.65 can produce a bounce back and a nice trade. Trader's choice. I'm trying to get it a little bit lower. 407 is my number. And there it is, 407. Low of day is exactly 406.82. Rip back up in the other direction. You never know which ones are going to give you the rocket ride. We're moving along. It's all about 409.15, above or below. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart, and double-check the work. We haven't even got to the juicy part yet. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. 9.54. I'd still like to buy around 4.07, give or take. It's a spike of unfinished business. Fake out on the downside and reversal. That's the play. Let's do that one again. 9.54. I want to buy 407, give or take. It's a spike of unfinished business. Remember, the unfinished business was at 407.65. I'm looking for a spike of the unfinished business, which would represent a fake out on the downside as they go lower and then a reversal. That's the play. They hit the unfinished business, they continue lower. They fake out the Johnny-come-latelys and the rest of the market, thinking the market's going lower. There's the reversal back up in the other direction. That's the trade with the numbers laid out completely before it happened. This post is at 9.54. Remember, this is a five-minute chart. This is the candle ending at 10.15 a.m. The fake out and reversal. That's the play. If you're at all active trading with the S&P or directional trades in any of the like products, the exchange-traded products, options, futures, then this is information that can benefit you unless you already know the numbers. And in that case, kudos to you. You don't need me. Read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart to double-check the work between stocks on the move and that trade which the rest became trader's choice. You can hold it for as long as you want. That's the advantage of picking off the low of day. At 10.15, we're already saying Kenny Rogers says know when to fold them. We want to keep our money in our pocket. If something crazy happens, we'll be around to comment on it. But we're not looking for a trade in a floater formation or a rodeo formation or whatever unless it's at a very important place for an important reason that they should be doing the other thing. Read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. All the numbers are there, the commentary is there in terms of the concepts, the expectations. Get below this, you go here, 
get above this, you go there. Stocks on the move. We're gonna take a look at the ones that hit their price target or entry objectives. Caterpillar, TAP, which is Molson Coors, and Teladoc. The rest of them didn't hit, came close, bounced away. There are no trades. We only want the trades at our numbers, not somebody else's. Let's start with Caterpillar getting a buzz cut at the open. 184.30 was posted on the board, zero dark 30. They came into it, made a low of 184.07, turned around and ripped back up in the other direction. After this little back test here, the high was 189.47. With today's math, that's about five bucks. Even without the back test, just initially the high here was 187. That's about $3 using today's math. Certainly exceeding the minimum required base hit objective. Molson Coors or TAP was a dud. First number, second number, it's a zone. You buy one, you buy the other. The average is in the middle. They basically came back to the middle three or four times, giving you a chance to get out around break even. So this one was just a dud. It's not a shit burger. It's just a dud. It didn't work. What did they do? We can take something away and learn something. They hung out for a cup of coffee down around the number. So what does that tell you? The likely ultimate destination is probably lower. Why? Because they started building a bearish flaggish pattern throughout the trading day. That's building energy for another move lower. Doesn't guarantee you get the other move lower, but that's what they're doing. How about Teladoc? getting its haircut at the opening bell. 35.28 on the board, bright and early, zero dark 30. They came into it, they bounced off of it, they took off, they provided well in excess of the minimum required base hit. They pulled into second with a stand-up double. So you see how this goes. After a couple of trades like that, that happened pretty much right away, then you have the spider trade. Within the first hour of trading, you're done for the day. You can let something ride, but the sweat is over. You have guaranteed profit for the day. You're in risk-free, emotionless trades. You're in what we call the driver's seat. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Here's where we have the scenario where it's all the same market. They're into the breakdown box. They're into the same general zone. This one, though, is hovering above the 100-period moving average. Third day in a row, close above it. You can't take anything away from that except it's bullish. They've stalled out in this general area. They ran out of steam. Doesn't mean they can't go sideways for a while, eat some time off the clock, build energy for another push higher. Remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. We don't show up to the game with a bias. We're the umpire. We tell it the way it is. If we don't, they'll replace us with a computer. Bigger picture, take a cue from the weekly chart. There's conflicting stuff here, so let's look at both sides. Above the 20-week moving average, that's bullish. They closed above it last week. They're still above it this week. Again, maybe go sideways. That'll build energy for another move higher. But where are they? They're into the area, the higher end of the area of the breakdown candle, the last one in the sequence. That's the reason they found overhead resistance in addition to the 20 period moving average. So what do we say? If they start pushing above the high 190.94 and they close a week, like a Friday close above that high, that's a bullish picture. That's gonna open the door for higher prices. What's higher? Remember the discussion we had from the S&P 500 
with the convergence of the moving averages on the weekly chart. We talked about about four or 500 times. Well, guess what? Look what you have here on the weekly chart of the IWM. You have a convergence of moving average of the 50 and the 100 period up at 204, give or take. You can't not notice that. If they start pushing above and close weekly above the high of this breakdown candle, 190.94, just call it 191 for argument's sake. That's going to open the door for 203, 204. Doesn't mean they have to get there, but the door will be open and the draw will be up in the northern direction. And then, oh, by the way, you have a whole nother breakdown box type of scenario going on up here where the market consolidated. It built a bearish pattern and then it fell out of bed. So do they want to come back to run a test of the most recent breakdown area? It could be. That's the bull case. What's the bear case? The bear case is this is overhead resistance. It's on time. The market gets rejected and they go lower. And for now, they don't have to go lower all the way down here. They can go lower to run a test down here of this stuff, which is still a relatively large move in the big scheme of things. A normal garden variety retracement. What about the folks down at the transportation department? We start with the weekly chart just because I already had it up. And I just want to reiterate what we had from yesterday. Here's a breakdown candle. The high is 14,615.97. Closing price last Friday, 14,609, right below the high of that breakdown candle. No accidents or coincidences. They try and push up a little bit this week, and now they're below. That one gets a funny how that works. And the reason why that works is because the whole concept works. Not 100% of the time, just remember, look over at your sticky notes and pick out the one that says the 80-20 rule, and it's the majority of time the market just does the same shit over and over and over again. Here's the daily chart. If they start pushing above, for example, yesterday's high, it's going to start opening the door for that 200-period moving average north of 15,000. We talked about it yesterday. No change. Where's support? 13,800, eight and a quarter, 850 in that neighborhood. They spike through that. They come into the convergence of moving averages down here, the 20 and the 50 period moving average. Remember, this is a daily chart. They don't have to get down there all in one bite. What about the Q people? Same routine as the S&P. They're hovering near the highs. They're eating time off the clock. They're hovering around the 100 period moving average. It's the same thing. There's no change from yesterday and there's no change from the entire concept that we've already discussed. XLF, no surprise, they fill the gap. They're coming down a little bit, but this is a pullback until they really start getting below and closing candles below. 32.75 is really the spot. Could be somewhat of a moving target, but for now, 32.75 is the number. Start pushing below there, closing candles below there, intraday, hourly candle below there, daily candle below there, and that's going to be a problem for the XLF. Doesn't mean it's not a garden variety pullback, but it opens the door to come down to 32 or lower. Smash mouth, no change from the rest of the conversation today. They're into the same spot. They're above the 100 moving average. Remember, all charts act and react the same way. They don't do it every day to the same magnitude. But generally speaking, it's what? You got it. Put it on a sticky note. It's all the same market. Case in point. You bring up a chart of JNK, which is a high-yield junk bond index, or ETF. Trades like the market. It trades like stocks. 
This is a risk asset class, and not all the time, and it certainly doesn't look the same from a long-term perspective on the chart like the S&P, but from time to time, it trades in tandem for whatever reason with the stock market. Now, just as an aside, this is the weekly chart. This is in a downtrend. This is terrible. There's a ton of companies out there that over time won't be able to refinance their high-yield debt, which will force them to issue equity, which will force the price of the stocks downward. And oh, by the way, when they're not going to be able to roll over their existing debt or issue new debt in the high-yield market, that's going to put pressure on the price of the existing bonds, hence driving down the price of the junk bond index because that exists across the board. There's a lot of energy companies that will be impacted this way. There always are in these cycles. If the consumer falters, you'll have second, first, and third tier consumer debt or consumer credit companies. The second and third tier companies are the ones that are likely issuing the type of bonds these are, the high yield bond. They're customers of the high yield bond market. I don't want to get off on a tangent. This is just some food for thought for later. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.